Good morning, everyone. As Brian said, my name is Larry, and I'm the new executive director over at Rolling Ridge. I'm also a member here at Free Christian Church, and I usually sit right over there. So you might have seen me kind of over there, and but but um, JP asked me a few weeks ago to be able to speak to give Brian a little bit of time to um, get ready for an upcoming sermon series that we're starting the new year with. And I said, I would love to. And so it's a privilege to be able to be here today to bring you our New Year's Eve message. But as I begin, I have a question for you. How many of you are looking forward to bringing in the new year with a big celebration and party? Anyone got big party plans? How many of you instead are planning to be in bed before the new year begins? <laughs> I kind of fall into that category as well. Because when it comes to New Year's, I tend to be kind of a homebody. I enjoy a quiet night at home reflecting on the year that was and preparing for the year that will be. And given the year that I've had, I look forward to some quiet reflection tonight. A year ago on New Year's Eve, I was packing. I was surrounded by boxes behind in my schedule as I was getting ready for a big move to Massachusetts. The UPAC moving unit had already arrived and bright and early on January 2nd, friends were gonna come over to help me move as I packed up a lifetime in California. Born and raised in San Francisco, I was wrapping up 10 years in Christian ministry and camping ministry in the Santa Cruz Mountains, and as I, I, but I felt God's call to leave all that was familiar, to move to Massachusetts and to begin a ministry at Rolling Ridge. I had never really visited, um, out, I had never lived outside California, and had never um, had visited New England outside of my interview. But I really felt like God was calling me to this, and I felt like Abraham in the Old Testament. And I knew that I needed to follow God's call and to leave everything that was familiar to go to this foreign land called New England and to follow God's call for my life. And that's where I was a year ago as 2017 began. As I look back, it has been a good year personally and professionally, getting settled into North Andover, getting settled here at Free Christian Church, finding new chocolate places to discover. But it hasn't always been easy with a recent car accident in Lawrence, most more specifically. But through it all, God has been faithful as my trust in the goodness of God has deepened. And for that, I am thankful. Whether you plan to party or not, or plan to make it an early night, I hope that you will take some time to reflect on where God has brought you over this last year and to consider God's faithful presence in your life and maybe come up with your top 10 blessings of 2017. Consider, where were you a year ago? And over the past year, how have you changed? How have you grown in your faith? When it comes to, for me, when it comes to a template for reflection, I believe that Luke 2.52 becomes a good model for us to consider growth. Luke 2.52, if you can go back to the last, if you can go back to the last thing, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and with man. This brief verse comes at the end of Luke chapter 2, which begins with the birth of Christ, the Christmas story, followed by Jesus' presentation at the temple as a baby, and then the boy Jesus worrying his parents at the temple, engaging, um, engaging the teachers in discussion. Luke chapter 3 begins 18 years later, with, with John the baptizer and Jesus' baptism and anointing as he began in his ministry. The only thing we know about Jesus from his boyhood to the start of his public ministry is what we find in Luke 
that Jesus grew in wisdom. He grew mentally. He grew in stature. He grew physically. He grew in favor with God. He grew spiritually. And he grew in favor with man, or relationally, emotionally. We need to remember that even though Jesus was the Son of God, he was also the Son of Man. He was 100% God, and he was 100% man. That is the mystery of Jesus, fully God, fully human. And as a human being, Jesus grew like us. He grew in four ways. He grew in mind, body, spirit, and heart. As Jesus' followers today, I believe it is important for us to also grow in these four areas, with the new year becoming a perfect time to reflect on our growth. How are you growing like Jesus in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, in favor with people? As Christians, we often talk about growing in Christ. That is the essence of who we are as Jesus' followers. But I believe there is more to growing in Christ than simply reading the Bible, going to church, and serving. While those are important, I believe that growing in Christ is really growing with Christ. Growing with Christ mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Growing with Christ is having a personal relationship with Jesus that involves opening up our whole being to him. It is whole life discipleship so that our following of Jesus impacts all areas of our life. Growing in Christ is growing with Christ. I find it interesting that while Luke, the good doctor, describes Jesus' growth in chapter 2 as mind, body, spirit, and heart, in chapter 10, Luke reverses the order as Jesus, is, as Jesus challenges the faith of the expert in the law, or a lawyer, in verses 25 through 28. Um, Pastor Brian read verses 26, 25 through 28, but I'm going to read again verses 25 through 28. In Luke chapter 10, we find, On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, Jesus replied. How do you read it? And the lawyer replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus re replied. Do this, and you will live. Jesus reminds the expert in the law that the way to God is to love God with all your heart, and emotionally in favor with God, with all your soul, spiritually in favor with God, and with all your strength physically in stature, and with your mind mentally in wisdom. In other words, Luke gives the same four that he gives in Luke for chapter 2, but in reverse order. This reversal from Luke 2 to Luke 10 causes me to go, hmm, why did Luke do that? And it might cause you to wonder, hmm, why does that happen? Why did Luke do that as well? As I've, as I've had some time to think about it, I think one possible explanation reveals Luke's understanding of how we first grow in Christ, how we then grow with Christ as our faith matures, and how then we reflect on our faith. Think about how you first came to Christ, how you first came to faith. Mentally, you probably had questions about this Jesus person. And physically, you then might have gone to church, or you might have went to Alpha, you might have went to a friend to ask a question about what it is that you're discovering. In other words, you might have gotten involved in some way by going somewhere, by doing something, 
Your mind moved your body to seek out answers to your questions. And because you did something spiritually, you, began, you came to faith. You found favor with God. And that, and that transforming power of Christ began to change you so that you emotionally, relationship, relationally, you began, your, your relationships with others began to improve. Your anger, your impatience, your fear, your insecurities might have dissipated, giving you a new attitude and outlook. Your relationship with God began to change your relationship with people because loving God changes our relationships as we begin to love people. As Jesus first grew, so do we in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and people when we first come to faith. Yet as our faith matures, we begin to figure it out. We become our own expert in the law, so to speak. So that our reflection on our faith reverses as Jesus challenges us to love God with our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Consider, how do you know that your faith is offline? I know that for me, when I find myself growing impatient with my coworkers, or snarky with my friends, or, or impatient with um, and anxious about situations, I know my heart has grown far from God as I emotionally feel disconnected, out of favor with people, and ultimately out of favor with God. My emotional condition is oftentimes a symptom of a spiritual one. It reflects my soul condition. As I, begin to, as I begin to get right with God, the challenge is always then to make it right by doing something. This change oftentimes involves action, physically making a change, loving God with my strength, with my body, nurturing a new spiritual habit, maybe going to someone and asking for forgiveness, taking an action to make it right what might be wrong. And ultimately, that is how we grow in wisdom. As we learn through life's lessons, thinking correctly and loving God with our mind. Growing in Christ is growing with Christ, in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God, and in favor with people. Loving with God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. And New Year's becomes a good time to reflect on how we are growing in our faith. On the back of your bulletin, we have got this little PowerPoint slide that I want you to draw down. Draw a big circle, divide it in half, then divide it in half again, creating four quadrants. And write down heart, soul, body, and mind. It's kind of like a wellness wheel, if you're familiar with that. And the key to a wellness wheel, and the key to growing in balance in our relationship with God, is to grow in all four of these dimensions as a, within ourselves as we roll into health. As I spend the next few moments sharing about each aspect of our humanness, reflect on how you've grown in each area this year, and consider the changes that you might want to make in 2018. In the same ways that Jesus challenged the expert in the law to consider his priorities as he reversed the order in Luke 2.52, I challenge you to reflect on your priorities, your commitments, your growth in Christ, your walk with Jesus in this new year. First off, how are you growing in your favor with people? In other words, how do people experience you? What is your reputation? What do people say about you? Are you kind and approachable? Are you, or are you impatient and intimidating? Are you always complaining and gossiping? Or are you encouraging 
and trustworthy? Do, do people consider you with favor? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit in your character? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control? Or do they see the seven deadly sins? Galatni, lust, greed, pride, wrath, envy, slothfulness. As followers of Jesus, our character witnesses to those who are not yet believers. What does your character, your relationships with people, reveal about the Christ that you serve? As Emerson says, what you are, what you are shout so loudly in my ears, I cannot hear what you say. Who we are reflects what is in our hearts, or more, more accurately, who is in our heart. Are you loving God and loving people with your heart? Our heart is the first quadrant for reflection as we reflect on our emotional and relational health and how we interact with people. Consider, how are your relationships with your coworkers, your spouse, your children, your family members, your parents, your friends, humanity in general? During the holidays, the hustle and the bustle of people, the pressing, the pushing, the crowding, the rushing, the prodding, they can often put us on edge so that we don't like people. But what does that reveal about your heart? And how is it growing disconnected from its source in God? People can be like porcupines trying to hug. We prick each other the closer that we get. Without the love of God filling our hearts spiritually, emotionally, we have nothing to give. Personally, I was working on this message in California during Christmas, and I was staying at my parents' place. My dad is 80 years old, and he's beginning to deal with Parkinson's, and so he's moving slowly. And if I'm honest, he's driving me up the wall as I'm growing impatient with him as he is getting older. Every time I'm home, he's asking me questions about how to upload photos onto Walgreens' site so that he can print them for himself. And every time I get impatient as frustration rises in me, and it rises in both of us as family dynamics and our history comes into play. Our emotions run high as my dad keeps pressing in that the internet is not working, it's not loading my pictures. And I keep telling him, no it is. And I keep showing him again and again how to do it. Emotions run high as my dad's mobility slows, but my expectations of him are growing even slower and changing. With aging parents, I want to end well with them, but I realize that emotionally it is hard as I grieve the loss of who they, have, who they once were and accept the limitations that, now, that they now have and the increasing physical challenges that will come. Consider, where is your heart? Where are you emotionally, relationally with the people in your life? Is there someone you need to love better this upcoming year? Growing in Christ is growing with Christ as we bring Christ into our hearts, into our emotions, our relationships, and grow in favor with people. As you consider the areas of struggle in your heart health, consider what that reveals about your relationship with God. How goes it with your soul, with your spirit? That is the second quadrant. How are you growing in favor with God? To be honest, growing in God's favor can be highly charged. It can be a highly charged topic as guilt, 
judgment, fear creep in as we think we need to appease, to please, to pacify a heavenly tyrant. But we need to remember that the God who reveals himself to us in Jesus is not a righteous judge. He is not a demanding parent. He is not a critical boss. The God who reveals himself to us in Jesus is a gentle friend. He is a loving parent. He is a forgiving savior. The fullness of God's character is revealed in Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, whose birth we celebrated just last week. That Jesus we find in the gospel makes it clear that favor with God is not found in doing more to appease God, but it's being with God, sitting at his feet, so to know that we are loved, accepted, forgiven as we are. As Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 41 to Martha, who was busy and distracted by preparations to earn Jesus' favor, Martha, Martha, Jesus says, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. If you remember the story, do you remember what Mary chose? Mary chose to sit at the feet of Jesus, listening to her Lord. Being with Jesus is how we find favor with God. It is not found in doing more, but being with Jesus, sitting in God's presence in prayer, trusting his love, reading God's promises, resting in God's provisions, worshiping on Sundays, but living in God's grace each moment of every day. It's Mary's way, not Martha's way. But if you're like me, it's hard to sit and to be quiet with God. How often I find myself like Martha, doing, 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 growing worried and upset. If we hear Jesus' exhortation, we see that Martha's turmoil began emotionally in her heart with a grudge against her sister Mary. In Luke chapter 10, verse 40, Martha says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. She isn't helping me, Jesus. I am upset. Why is she not helping me? Her distraught emotions revealed her frustrations, and it revealed that her soul was not well as she shared Jesus what was going on in her heart. And Jesus' response to Martha, come and be still like Mary. Sit with me for a while. Being with Jesus, that is how we grow in spiritual health our soul wellness in favor with God. As I consider the emotional turmoil in my heart in my relationship with my parents, I know my impatience impacts my relationship with God. But as I bring my frustrations to Jesus, I hear his response. Come and be still and sit with me for a while. Yet like Martha, being with God is hard. Being silent and still, sitting at Jesus' feet, listening, gazing on his beauty, dwelling in his temple. Although it's hard, emotional healing and patient pressure and patient presence with my parents will only come from spiritual healing as I dwell in the patient presence of Jesus. What about you? 
Begin with your heart, your emotions, your relationships, your favor with people. Where is your turmoil, your grudge, your hard feelings? They are not helping me. They are being mean to me. And consider, what does that reveal about your soul, your spirit, your relationship with Jesus, your favor with God? The third area of growth is with our physical bodies, our strength, our stature, our hands and our feet, so to speak. It's about taking action and making a change and then doing something new, different, as God begins to move in us. When it comes to improving our, when it comes, when it comes to Martha, physically, she needed to do something. Or really, she needed to stop doing something and to get out of the kitchen and to go and sit and be with Jesus in the living room, to go and to be still by making a change with her body. When it comes to moving, improving relationships with my parents, I know that I do need to do a better job of managing my schedule to be able to extend time to physically sit with Jesus in prayer before spending time talking with my parents on the phone. What about for you? It might be getting out of your cubicle or getting out of your house and going across the street to talk to a neighbor and witnessing to your neighbor and sharing about the faith that you have in Christ. It might be doing something different than what you're currently doing to be able to grow in your faith and to make that change. A physical change is often needed to nurture spiritual health and emotional well-being as we put our faith into action to live out God's best for us through obedience. St. Teresa of Avila said, He has no hands or feet but yours. And that is true. We need to use our bodies to witness for Christ and to do something different to be able to be a witness for the Savior that we served. But another dimension of physical growth is literally tending to our physical health in strength and stature. As Paul reminds the church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. Our physical bodies are a gift from God, a temple of the Holy Spirit. They are not ours, but God's. In many ways, our bodies are leased from God. Thus, they should be cared for and tended to, maintained. Physical health is often the focus of New Year's resolutions, but our lack of willpower, diligence, motivation often lead to their demise even before the snow melts. But if we see physical health as an act of spiritual worship in caring for God's temples, our body, the motivation to stick with our commitment to, to exercise, to eat better, to give up smoking, to sleep better, is strengthened. In other words, physical exercise body care can be just as much a spiritual practice as prayer and Bible study as it turns our attention to our growth in Christ. God gave us our physical bodies as a gift, and it is our responsibility to keep them physically healthy and to use them to nurture spiritual health as we live out our faith in obedience to the Spirit in us. As you reflect on your growth in Christ, physically, what do you need to do to become the best you that you were created to be? But once you figure that out, get off your butt and do it. The fourth and the final area of holistic growth as Jesus' followers is our mind, our intellect, our growth in wisdom. 
The summer at FCC, we went through a series on the book of Proverbs on wisdom and learned that there is a difference between knowledge and wisdom. 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon describes the difference well when he observed, wisdom is the right use of knowledge. To know is to be wise, but to know how to use wisdom, but how to, I'm sorry, but to know how to use knowledge is to have wisdom. To know how to use knowledge is to use wisdom. To grow in wisdom as we frame what we know intellectually. To grow in wisdom is to grow is to frame what we know intellectually through how we live physically in relationship with God spiritually and with others emotionally. I'll say that again. To grow in wisdom is to frame what we know intellectually through how we live physically in relationship with God spiritually and with others emotionally. Our hearts and our hands ground our head in real life as we grow in wisdom. Oftentimes, we, as Christians, we think we need to study more, to know more, to be, thought, to be theologically grounded, to have all the answers. Yet the truth is, a mature faith is not found in how much we know, but how we are living out what we already know. That is why in Luke chapter 10, Jesus questions the expert in the law about what he knows. What is written in the law? How do you read it, Jesus asks. And the expert in the law replied, love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love, your, and love others as yourself, is a reply. Jesus then exhorts him to do this and you will live. The guy already knew all the answers. Jesus basically said, go, now go do something about it. Jesus, in essence, is saying, it's not how much you know, but how you are living out what you already know. Do what you know, live what you believe. That is how we grow in wisdom, loving God with our mind. Now, I'm not saying that we should, I'm not saying that we should not study the Bible, that we shouldn't grow in our faith and our knowledge of God through books or strengthen our minds intellectually. We need, to, we need to know what we believe, to defend our faith when we're questioned, to theologically re reflect on how Christ intersects with our culture today. That is very important. But what is key is balance. Holistic discipleship, where all four quadrants of our heart, soul, body, and mind are being lived in health, is where, we know, is where what we know is lived out in our lives through our bodies in relationship with God and others. Yet, with so much information out there on our news feeds, on our devices, in the media, I fear that the tendency for many Christians isn't too much Bible knowledge, but too, but too little, as our minds dwell on so many other things other than God. Consider, do you know more about Luke Skywalker than the Gospel of Luke? Or do you know more about the design aesthetics of Martha Stewart? Or the home conditions of Martha and her, and her sister Mary and her brother Lazarus? Do you know more about your Facebook friends or the friends of Jesus that we find in the gospel? Do you know more about sports statistics or scripture verses? With what do you fill your mind? Garbage in, garbage out is not 
just computer science or technology and communications, it also applies to our minds and our bodies. If we fill our lives with, if we fill our minds and our bodies with junk and garbage and gossip, the fruit of our lives will also be garbage and gossip and junk. Good, healthy results require good, healthy inputs, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. The question is, with what are you filling your minds? We are called to love God with our heart, with all of our soul, with our strength and our mind, to grow in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and people. Four different areas for us to consider our growth. Are you growing and rolling in health emotionally, spiritually, physically, intellectually? Growing in Christ is growing with Christ through whole life discipleship as you allow your faith in Jesus to transform every dimension of who you are, who you will be. On this New Year's Eve, I hope that you will take a few moments of reflection in spite of the party and consider where you've been and where you would like to be as you follow Jesus with your whole life in 2018. Happy New Year.